Attention human, prepare yourself for the double pick cast. Hey, welcome back to the Double Pipcast, where almost every week we cover the goings-on within the Transformers trading card game universe. With me, I've got Sean. How you doing, Sean? Hey, how's it going, guys? Doing good, doing good. And Mr. Florida, Brandon Ellison, how are you doing? Ready to go ahead and take uh, take that first place victory in this tournament. Metroplex mm-hmm. with the trample action. Oh, yes. So... Uh, we were just catching up. It's been a minute since we've uh, talked and, and recorded an episode of Double Pipcast, getting uh, getting back into normal swing of things after the holidays. Uh, yeah, so really the, the, the big things that I wanted to cover, guys, and, and I know you have some stuff prepared too, is uh, we a couple weeks back we had a Wave 5 teaser, Megatron holding up a big, seemingly looked like a big Energon crystal. And then uh, taking a look back at 2019, uh, I know Brandon, you uh, you are Mister Sideboard, and uh, Sean, uh, did you have anything prepared? Anything you wanted to go over? I, I guess really just uh, look maybe uh, looking at the uh, controversy of uh, foils and tournaments and proxies and oh yes that that kind of stuff there. I guess yeah. that's kind of something that's popped up new in the 2020. I missed that drama. Yeah, well, let, let's start there. So, Sean, for those who don't know, give us a skinny on the on the foil drama. Uh, well, basically, the Energon Edition foils, uh, for some reason, Watsy decided to print them on thicker cardstock. So... Though you can't really, I mean, you can probably notice them, uh, you know, if like your opponent could look at them if they're, you know, looking eye level at your cards and stuff. But as you're shuffling your deck, they're they're definitely noticeable. So you could, you know, there's the controversies. You could possibly feel out your deck and put the cards on top and everything. And, you know, of course, my old adage is always cut your opponent's deck. Uh, you know, and at least a tournament environment. So I guess, and then, so I guess the big controversy comes where now people are saying that they shouldn't be tournament legal because of this, but then people are saying, well, you know, we spent 200 bucks, so (laughs) why can't we use them? And so then people say, well, in the tournament rules, it says judges can use proxies. And then there's, judges out there that are like oh no no proxies ever in my tournament so then that brings up well then is it a sanctioned tournament then is it you know why can't proxies be used if it's part of the tournaments you know and and really really this only matters because of the all-out attack and the tandem since they're rare cards which i got mine the other day and they're not as thick as the other energon cards so, so they made an adjustment. Yeah, that's, uh, that's I think so. That's why it, it took like a month and a half to get them out to people. I can see both sides, right? It's like I can't see why you wouldn't want to use a proxy. Like, just take I don't know some. I mean, I don't know the whole piece. Like, if you have to write down the text, or if you could just take a common card and put like uh, a sharpie mark 
on the art or something like that and be like, hey, just so you know, this is this card and you, you bring it from out of play when, yeah, back, uh, when you get that in. Or... Back when I judged magic and stuff, if, I, if someone had to use a proxy, you know, it was get a common, write it with a Sharpie because, you know, some pins can even leave like indentions mm-hmm. so to where, you know, kind of Braille-like indentions on the other side. So take a Sharpie, write it on there, put it in. You got it. You know, if it's your Black Lotus that's there, you don't want them in it, that's fine. Go ahead and do that. It's it's the same thing here, you know, in Transformers. Uh, For, like, all-out attack, just get you one orange pip common, right, all-out attack, boom, there you go. If you have three all-out attack foils, you have three commons with Sharpie all-out attack, that way and keep it the one orange pip that way when you're flipping you know that at least that never has to change why wouldn't yeah it seems like the move would be just go ahead print it out cut it you know play sleeved and you'll be fine yeah because anything i mean of course in tournament environment people are going to want to read cards they're going to be like oh what does this do what does that do blah 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 blah, blah. you know so my recommendation yeah, if it were uh, if it were my game, I'd be like, hey, I'm just going to print this out, cut it out, boom, 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 throw it in the sleeve, good to go. Yeah, or throw it, you know, play with uh, some other card, and then just you know have that card on front, you know, so you can mm-hmm. flip them backwards, slide the little paper in there, you're good to go. It doesn't uh, doesn't increase the thickness uh, noticeably, especially when you're playing like some dragon shields or something like that. Yeah, 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 and. It- and I think it's the there's a little bit of like, well, I don't own these cards and I don't want to go up against somebody who does have them and have an unfair advantage where they're shuffling their deck. And while they're doing that, they can feel it and then they they stack it or or whatever. So I can see that um, having not held them, Sean. I mean, you're the you're the authority here. So you've got the uh, the final say on whether oh. they do feel different. But well, the 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 base the the cards that come in the Energon edition the, the like the cargo trailers those cards those those are noticeably thicker the the all out attack and the tandem those pretty much feel like the magic foil cards maybe they might be maybe a hair thicker but you cannot tell you know I tried shuffling I can't really tell the difference even single-sleeved with those. Now, the other ones, yes, but, I mean, who cares? It's agility of Bumblebee. You know, I, I got 30 of them if you need a proxy. Yeah. You, you know, know what's, so. You know what's crazy but, about all this is, like, this isn't the first time. This I don't know. It just never ceases to amaze me. This is not the first time this happened. This just yeah. happened with uh, Magic the Gathering, Friday Night Magic Foils. You guys remember that? When oh, like all those things started, you know, curling up, and then people were like, "Oh my god!" And you can tell you it's like, okay, you know. And Wizard of the Coast had a ruling for that, you know, years ago. I was like, okay, this is how we're going to handle that situation, right? Um, just I copy paste. I'm old school. I come back from when Watsy first made the ruling the gold back collector's edition cards were were tournament legal as long as they were sleeved. Mm. And I made a mint off of selling a bunch of those I found real cheap. Nice. But but you know, the the proxies have, have always been here, especially when you go back to 
the days when the power nine started getting to be three, 400 bucks each, you're not going to play that mint beta Lotus, you know, <laughs> whatever. I'm not putting that in a deck, but here's my common that says mint beta Lotus on it. <laughs> right. And, and it, and it comes to Sean, like you said, it comes to the part that like all out attack and tandem targeting still cost quite a bit in order to get yeah. them. I mean, you know, they're, you they're still rare cards. Attacks, yeah. They, it's the cost of energon edition. Yeah. You know, per, pretty much, you know, and, and even, I think they're still, you know, the two foils are going for 50 to $80 for both of them, uh, right now online. So, yeah, but, but, but the whole, contro- yeah, but the whole controversy really comes to like, whenever you're looking at the, argument online is you know there are judges out there that you know are saying well i don't allow proxies you know and it's like well you you can't do that because the tournament rule says you have to allow proxies right you know so so you know it really comes down to if you don't allow proxies then is this a sanctioned tournament if my dci numbers being taken then proxies have to be allowed so I could see if judges out there want to have a casual tournament that they're like, oh, no Energon cards, no foils, no, you know, super rares, whatever. But in a sanctioned tournament, you've got to allow the proxies. And, you know, if you're not going to allow the foils, you got to allow the proxies. That, that, that's at least my two cents, and that's how it's been. Since I've been judging tournaments for 21 years, <laughs> it'd be interesting if uh, if when Watsi gets off of their their hiatus from holidays and starts communicating with uh, the community again, if they address that in one of the articles that they typically write, or if they'll just let the the rules speak for themselves. Well, well, the, well, the, this was done. They did an announcement like this was covered a couple of days after people started getting the Energon editions because they were saying, hey, these are noticeably thicker. And they even put an announcement that, yes, these cards are, all these cards are tournament legal. You know, because everyone was saying these are thicker. What about the bot cards? Are they still allowed? They're like all cards in there, tournament legal. Now that people are getting the all-out attacks and tandems and seeing those in those tournament decks against them, they're like, whoa, wait a second here. That's what I think it is. Yeah, I have to look that up. I mean, it, it makes sense if they if they were uh, proactive and, and jumped on it. Yeah, because because people had gotten like the some unboxing sets, you know, a, a week to two weeks before they even went on sale. Uh, you know, so mm-hmm. so the so the issue was known for those, and then that's why I think why it took them until late January, you know, mid January to get the. Uh, other cards out because they are different stock they are not like the other cards so that all transpired in 2019 and the very beginning some of the controversy continued as people start uh, piping up in the facebook group Uh, looking back on other parts of 2019 uh, we had three different waves release you know uh, wave one came out in towards the tail end of 2018, September. And then we had Rise of the Combiners, Siege 1 and Siege 2. Uh, The game as we know it now 
is a lot more complex than when it first came out in 2018. We've got uh, findability with the green pip that came from the combiner set. We've got combiner characters. Uh, we've got triple changers. We've got uh, micromasters, battle masters, weaponizers, all kinds of really cool uh, things that, that make the game uh, a lot more fun and a lot more complex than the approachability of the, the original Wave 1 set. We also have uh, our first sanctioned event, or not sanctioned, but uh, official big event with the Energon Invitational, which was preceded by uh, a bunch of different events like uh, Origins and Gen Con. And, you know, the some of the, the things that um, were interesting to me, uh, this being my first uh, CCG in a long time with the last one being the Dragon Ball Z game by score back in, I don't know, early 2000s. Was <laughs> oh, the... I, oh, I played that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I loved that game for a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> we'll jump into that in a sec. The, uh, the internet is so much more prevalent than it was back then. So, you know, within 15 minutes, who won an event, what they used. You can immediately go on eBay and, and buy it before it, it goes up, uh, you know, shoots up there, and, and the price is affected by by the uh, the win. So we saw that with Cliffjumper and Kevin Allen. We saw that with Shockwave and Stefan Pinkney. We saw that with Galaxy Prime and Dan Arnold. So... That that is something that was really interesting to me is the echo chamber that's created to use a term that uh, Cameron from Arbitrary Hero used. The echo chamber on on Facebook is like, oh, Cliff Jumper, he's overpowered and he's hard to get, or and then you see the price shoot up, or Shockwave overpowered, hard to get, he's a super rare, price shoots up. Same thing with Galaxy Prime. So that was the most interesting thing from 2019 for me was how the meta, quote-unquote, was shaped by these events, how the, how the market reacted, and, and how the community reacted. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, it's, you know, that's, that's kind of like that with all games, though. I mean, you get, like, the, you know, the big winning decks. Everyone wants to copy those, and it just so happens to be that, you know, these awesome cards are also the super rares, which are why they are super rares because they are awesome cards. I mean, if you had Shockwave's ability uh, or Shockwave was a common, he would still be, you know, dominating the meta. It would just be, you know, a common, you know. They're, yeah, they know what they're doing when they built these things. Yeah, yeah they, they, know, they know what they're doing. Galaxy oh, yeah. Prime, they made Galaxy Prime. He's like, no, nah, no, nah, we're, we're making that a super rare and... You know, he's he's going to they know that you're going to be strong. Otherwise, again, you could give that Galaxy Prime ability to, you know, some some common card and have a common card be, you know, the the rage of the meta. But it just so happens that all of the metas are either super rares, promos or wave one hard rares like uh uh, Battlefield Legend, just because of how their, you know, di rare distribution was. They knew it was good. They short printed it. <clears throat> Who said that? <laughs> what was the uh, what was your favorite set, Brandon? 
from uh well we've got four sets now which one is your favorite mm, the last one because that's the only one i've really invested in although that's not true okay so the first set is probably my favorite only because it uh supports the deck that i'm currently playing mm-hmm. but this most recent set uh that was the first time i purchased boxes of it so that's and the cards good the flavors are good but you know i've noticed that they've um they've stopped doing things right that help my personal play style so i i enjoy what they're going with like uh, there's more variety they've got you know of course green pips came out in i think the second set um and then you know they're adding abilities making it more complex you know doing adding adding flavor to the game which i like you know i like uh, what is this? This um, general prime. I like the additional factions. I like mercenaries. You know, I like having a third faction in there. I like you know just kind of most of the things that they did with the most recent set. However, from the first set, first set you got double pip cards of you know same color and different colors, right? Which they stopped doing. That don't. They cost didn't know stars. what they were doing, man. <laughs> It was like they built, you know, Metroplex and they said, hey, this deck operates off of this one niche weird thing. We need to, you know, we're probably going to be printing these doubles. And then that second set, they were like, "Mm, no more of that, you know. So that's what I don't like. You know, that's that's tough for me personally. And I think we're going to see, hopefully, in this next set, maybe some white color pips going on. That'd be great. Maybe give me a give me a white orange, white blue, you know, that don't cost stars. Yeah, right. That'd be great. Yeah. Because you, you I, don't do anything with the white greens, right? With like yeah. secret dealings and spare parts. I do like the white greens because uh, it's almost to a point now where I don't want to put anything in my sideboard uh, if it doesn't have a green on it. You know, mm-hmm. I have to, but I would rather not. I, I'm struggling. Like I go through all those green cards because green cards is in this game seem so clutch you know because they're the they're the ones that you're going to see on a regular basis right they're going to be in your hand and you can build a strategy around them exactly yeah so what about you sean what was your favorite set Mm, uh let me see i'd say personally all around i'd probably say siege one i liked the introduction of the black pip we got uh, secret actions. We've got, you know, we got a, a pretty good mixture of good characters. You know, General Optimus was a, you know, pretty common rare, and you know he he was pretty strong. So you know he was there top of the meta for a bit until the Galaxy Prime kicked all of them out. Uh, but uh, and introduced the Battle Masters and Weaponizers. I thought. I thought all that was a uh, good mechanics and everything. So I, I'd probably see all around. That was my favorite. That, that was my favorite set there. Also, I had a lot of fun with the, uh, the sealed events and stuff that I played in with that. Tons um, of peers. Yeah. Yeah. I would say siege one is probably my favorite so far. And that's because, uh, and siege two did this as well. They bring in these, niche characters from the back catalog uh maybe they haven't had a toy in a long time or they weren't even in the siege toy line like the fire cons super Mm. cool uh sound blaster the like repaint of 
sound wave like the all black so i think the the characters from the back catalog being brought in that is super cool and i know they're they're going to be doing that for wave five uh, as they've said it's going to be a throwback so it's not necessarily going to align with a toy line so i'm sure we'll see some of the uh characters from the back catalog now, now, I will say from like a gameplay kind of thing, I did like combiners a lot. I did mm-hmm. like the combiners, you know, how, you know, those worked. And, of course, the introduction of the green pip was probably the mm-hmm. the best thing to do at that set, too. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, just, just to be able to cycle, recycle cards and stuff when getting cards that were halfway decent that you could play while getting rid of those, you know, double pip cards that you didn't need my i think my own i think one thing they should have done is they should have supported the combiners and the other sets like Mm -hmm. have cards that were specific for combiners or the bots that combined into combiners like a you know an i still function or something or like a permanent i still function for just combiner guys or something would have been cool. You know, if, we, if we're going to put two or three cards devoted for Trypticon in a set, why can't we have some some combiner cards that help? Because look at combiners, they're not played anymore, at mm-hmm. least in tournaments, really. Yeah, it's... I, I know there's there's people out there that say they're, they're powerful and they're, they're viable, <laughs> Menasaur, Superion, but... Um, you don't ever see them uh, in terms of like the top eight, top six. Yeah, they can't. They can't take out Galaxy Prime. They just can't damage him enough, and he's gonna roll. He's gonna take out one of them once with one one attack. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, and then you've got stuff like marksmanship and things like that. They could just be they're in every deck and easily take those characters out as you flip them into bot mode. Mm-hmm. So. As I've been practicing lately, that is, I've definitely seen that. What you're touching on exactly what you're saying. The, um, God, the Optimus Prime's just one shotting people. Just, mm-hmm. mm, it's ridiculous. Mm. But, but steamroll on them. I'm taking out two of your combiners in one turn. Yeah. Then, then, it, then it's over. <laughs> so, so I'm wondering then if in wave five, we might see the, you know, it, this is picked up a bit of Steam 2, the location card as the the next hook for this set. Maybe it's the location card uh, where we see if you have uh, combiner characters on the field, they get X stat, or um, you can flip two characters uh, this turn. Uh, that location card that we, we talked about that they are thinking about there is room in the meta for it or in the game that could be it or it could be uh sean what you talked about a while back uh red or a purple pit that uh, works only for decepticons or autobots on the flip i don't know mm-hmm. that would be cool Ooh, faction only pips yeah yeah, yeah. that's sort of my idea like like uh like an auto like a red would be an, an attack or defense, no, whatever the situation is, but only for Autobots. Got so if you're got if it. you've got an Autobot defending, you pull two red pips, then it's a defense. If he's 
attacking, you pull that, it's attack. If it's a Decepticon, nothing. Unless it's a purple. I thought mm-hmm. I thought that would I thought that's probably something if when they go to next pip colors, I think that's probably a logical thing. And that's that's probably why they didn't have attack be red in the beginning, I think. Mm-hmm. You always think why why orange? Why wouldn't it be red? It's always red versus blue. It's been that way for since Halo started <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> a reserved color. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, good that'd thought. Be, that'd be good. Yeah, I, I'd go with that, and that would reduce some of the some of the mixing of factions. You know, well, that would give a benefit to not mixing factions, right? Mm-hmm. So then, yeah, you know, you'd, you'd be a little better off if you you know went one way or the other instead of just combining all of these you know swoop style things where it's like anybody can join the squad. Come on through. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly in order to create also that synergy of having all Autobots, all Decepticons or, you know, something like that. And, and like location cards, you know, I was thinking something like that. Uh, Battletech uh, card game introduced location cards. And there were some, you know, that you start at the beginning of your uh, the game that, you know, couldn't be destroyed or whatever is always there provided some bonus or something for your faction. So I, I could see something like that or maybe a brand new card type instead of, you know, upgrades and actions. Now you can also play a location or a support type card, you know. So I don't even think it has to be a location. It just has to be like a support type card that, you know, just mm-hmm. has a overall effect either for just your side or for everyone's side. You know, you could have a location kind of card for the, you know, beginning of the game or something as well. That's, yep. you know, just affects yours or just affects everybody. So, yep. you know, it would be interesting to see, you know, the game definitely has room to add new types of cards to it without making it, you know, too, too weird. Right. Maybe they... I mean, I don't know if it, it all depends, but I mean, they could balance that obviously with having those types of cards have star costs or so on and so forth. And Pokemon does a a location card with their stadium cards. Um, going back to Dragon Ball Z by score, they had the drill card, which wasn't necessarily a location, but uh, there was drills that would give you uh, plus. Uh, attack damage or plus energy uh, discards from the top of the life deck, things like that. Uh, those non-combat cards that stay in play, they're persistent, like the Dragon Balls, those stayed in play. Uh, so basically, I mean, kind of referring to enchantments is really kind of what it is. Even uh, Verse yeah. System had locations, but it's all the same. You know, it's basically just the, yeah, like you're saying, that thing that stays in play, that's not a, um, you know, not a, um, a character or, you know, right. enhancement to a character. It's, right. it's a global a something. Spell card that a spell card gets discarded. Yeah. Yeah. Just a, just an old school magic enchantment. Which would be uh, hot because uh, what is that? That one, that new victory condition thing. How oh, I can't daring think escape. Of daring escape. escape. Yes, because daring escape is a thing. Oh man, if they did roll out a whole bunch of enchantments, it would be so dirty, so mm-hmm. dirty. They see, they see like uh, 
Also, going back to the uh, Babylon 5 card game, they had uh, locations, and some locations completely changed the win conditions of the game, too. Mm. So, you know, like you could, you know, get to play, you know, Zaha Doom, a special Zaha Doom, and then completely change the win conditions where no one can win unless those conditions were met. So, yeah, you know, it, 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 it's something that could change the win conditions for everyone unexpectedly. Or maybe, hey, my deck's built towards winning this way, so I don't know right. about you, dude. <laughs> right, like an uh, Earth City that has its own HP, but it can't attack. And mm-hmm. if the Decepticon wants to attack that, once it's destroyed, Autobots lose. Yeah. yeah. We could have yeah. the location interdimensional rift and now, you know, GI Joes are coming through. Oh. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, was about to, I was going to ask that myself. I was like, when when do you think what set do you think that crossover is going to happen? Well, yeah. all I all I know is back in the day I tried to create my own GI Joe card game. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> the time spent daydreaming. Like, Sean, what are you working on? Uh, G.I. Joe card game. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. I was working in Mailbox Center and everything. I was printing off cards. I was using the early, you know, uh, uh, Adobe Photoshops and stuff. To mm-hmm. I was making some quality cards. Oh, I was nice. Making, I was making proxies for uh, people, too. I also made a... Imperial and Rebel Alliance faction for the Babylon Five card game. So OG, that, those, those actually kind of crossed over pretty well. Like the Godzilla Magic: The Gathering card that I yep. have. <laughs> I hadn't seen that one. I know that they got that Transformers Magic: The Gathering card. That's going to be promo for employees or judges or something. Oh Judge yeah, Mark. that Optimus one. The Optimus. Yeah. It looks crazy, but um, apparently. Off focus shot of that. It looks dope. That Grimlock looks dope that they uh, made a little while back, while ago. Oh, yeah. yeah, and they made a, a playmat of it too. It was, goes for crazy amounts of money. That one looks sweet though. Brandon, what do you think uh, we're going to see from sideboards this year? Sideboards, man, sideboards are tough, right? Sideboards have a lot to gain from like that green pips like we were talking about earlier they have a lot to gain from green because that builds consistency and a sideboard card is something that you just want to see in the matchup right um problem is and this is kind of what i've been running not really running into but it's uh doing the math uh does this game do well at 40 cards like most of the games it's like hey you're going to play the minimum because you'll have the highest statistical probability of drawing a card that you want which in theory should be the same except for you cycle through so many cards depending on your style of deck and uh, various other factors that doesn't even matter if you play um 40 cards or 50 cards if you keep your your stats the same and that's where i've been running into sideboard issues it's like okay you know, if I'm if I am playing, you know, the bare 40, I do I want to put, you know, is there room in this deck for non green uh, cards? And I've had to go with uh, I think it's like a crushing size and uh, scrappers gauntlets and drill something, something drill. I don't know the equipments that basically act yeah. as an action. Yes. 
the <clears throat> and and then that's that's you know that's tough. I've moved um, actually some cards, and this is probably because I'm a bad player, but I've moved cards like uh, what is that um, espionage? I've moved that out of my main and put it into my side, only because I just don't know enough about the decks that are around right now. And every time that card comes up, I'm like, well. What should I be picking? You know, should, is there something specific I should be picking? And what would I rather have this card be? But I know game two, I know exactly what I want because you've used it against me. And I'm like, okay, I need to be aware of this. And Espionage is such a great sideboard card because it is green. You know, you get to say, okay, I know I'm going to get it into my hand no matter what. And I know what target I'm looking for in the second game two, game three, all the post game, you know, post post sideboard games so i like espionage um but i haven't really looked at the competitive hey what these guys are putting in their sideboards so yeah i i've been hearing and seeing a lot of the airstrike patrol showing up at the competitive events uh so you've got tailwind being the crux of that because of the way he buffs up his buddies like night flight um so i'm wondering if we'll see something like photon bomb come back Okay. Um, because of the two, I mean, you're dealing two to yourself, but if you're, if you can absorb it, I mean, being able to do two to all bots on the field is helpful when you've got the entire airstrike patrol and then a big buddy with them. Yeah, uh, that's the one that does two to everybody, including yourself, right? Um, right. Yep. I'm about to take a look at the card now. Oh. Yeah, that you, see the, mm. you see armed hovercrafts doing one mm-hmm. to every one to all theirs. So, for oh, that's a tough one because um, for me, I'm and I'm just gonna go with my sideboard right now. So I, I didn't put photon bomb in there. Uh, I didn't put any of the non-colored pips right in there. But what I did put to do kind of stuff like that was I think it's like squished. Is it squished them like bugs? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that does one damage to uh, all the things with less stars, and then. Uh, I've got the bigger they are, which is good for going up the chain. So I've got cards to go up the chain, go down the chain, um, and to deal with the wide decks like the Insecticons and the the ones that have like a five-man team or six-man team or whatever it is, dealing with those. I like Photon Bomb, but I don't like that it's colorless. That's my take. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a good call out with the Armed Hovercraft too, which we've been seeing come up a lot. And then the uh, squish them like bugs. I didn't even think of that one. That's good. And then um, heavy handed. Good old bombing run. I think. What's that? That's a blue pip, isn't it? That does yeah. one to all enemies. Yeah, it it moves. Uh, no, it moves. Oh, moves that's damage right. from planes. Uh, yeah, Similar. That's right. It's kind of like a slipstream ability in a card. I thought there. I thought there was one that did one to all an action that did one to all enemies. Maybe I'm. There is. There's definitely one. I can't think of the name of it, but I've absolutely seen it somewhere. Yeah. And of course, Thanks. Christian Mike Bugs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, bombing Run. Let's take a look. Bombing Run is. Yeah, choose an enemy yeah. character, move yeah, one strange. damage counter from each of your planes. Yeah. Or yeah. maybe I'm just mistaken. Yeah, they'll come planted. out with it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, th- I think you'll probably start seeing. Sets will probably start having cards that will be made for sideboarding. Mm-hmm. 
that that you'll see that will start going up against probably metas and instead of having them in your deck you know they'll they'll probably be made for sideboarding to start counteracting whenever you start going up against meta decks or something right or something like we've what is there backfire and then overheat like overheat mm-hmm. is when uh somebody's playing heavy bold and then backfire is against so decepticon against uh uh, it's with an, a weapon, yeah. Yeah, with well, all upgrades because it does one damage to them for all upgrades. So, you know, having like a backfire when a fully loaded uh, Galaxy Prime's coming after you, and when he's got seven or eight upgrades on him, you know, that'll be havoc on him. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one too, man, because it's it's definitely brutal when. Uh, these these decks with these characters that do what on a consistent basis uh, 16 17 points of damage yeah just boom mm-hmm. boom yeah. I'm one I'm one shot in Grimlock what are you talking about big swings with high defense so <laughs> exactly yeah that's like yeah. It, three three defense you know it'd be a base like a I think what, it's like an eight three eight two you know lots of that stuff floating around and you're like wow you know what what can i do about that you know it's tough yeah mm-hmm. the um obviously i mean the, the 15 cost on him i i think and this is i'm not totally uninitiated but i would imagine wide with pierce and being able to needle him to death death by a thousand cuts mm-hmm. uh, would be one way to handle him yeah, you definitely have to go. Being able to go wide is is definitely a um, a path because he is definitely going to be taking out people. And what I've run into recently when I was playtesting against it is it's something. It's a nuance, right? Because it gets to attack anybody it wants. Like in the version that I was playing against, I think it was. Um, so it's prime. And, uh, man, it is a Decepticon whose name I can't remember. But what it does is uh, adds its attack to... Oh, Thrust. Thrust, right. Yeah, Thrust, yeah. So it's it's a two-wide with Prime and Thrust, right? And you're like, okay, uh, as soon as he attacks and swings for, let's say, 16, um, he's going to... Both of them are going to be tapped. Now you're going to be able to swing into him with a... I think it's like a two-defense or three-defense... And then after that, I think it's two on that side. Um, and then after that, re-ready, and he gets to choose a target. Now, that's mm-hmm. th- it doesn't seem like a lot, but, man, that's that's devastating. Like, once he re-readies, and once everybody re-readies, because they're attacking one time, and then they're tapped. And so that means on the re-ready, every time, except if it's a 1v1, one one v one, but every other time other than 1v1, he is going to get to choose a target on that re-ready for the oh, first yeah. attack. And then and, just and imagine even... putting a grenade launcher on Thrust where you don't have exactly. to discard it because Thrust gets to tap and keep it on him. Exactly. And he donates that. Oh, and, Thrust seven. Is, yeah, and Thrust is no slouch either, so you can't really just say, okay, well, I'm going to go after Thrust. Because Thrust has three defense. Yeah. yeah, because you're just ignoring Galaxy Prime then, and then even if you do take Galaxy Prime and you're whittled down, well, yeah, I, I still got Thrust, who's untouched, and uh, 
Let's have some fun with them. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why the sideboards are there. If, if it's something you can anticipate being there, hopefully uh, you can build towards it and sideboard towards it. Yeah. Well, just gotta you just gotta treat the the sideboards for transformers as you do as all other you know games, especially like Magic. You got to put in the few cards in there that can counter the things that can destroy your deck, and you got to put in there the the few things that can counter the the big decks out there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you know yeah. you're gonna see it. Yeah, um, and I mean, you can if you're going to a competitive deck right now. There is a ninety percent chance seven out of ten people are playing Galaxy Prime. Sixty percent of the time, he's played every time. I don't know if any of that math adds up. <laughs> oh man, ninety percent of the time, seven out of ten people. <laughs> oh yeah. That's uh, that's that Sex Panther math right there. That's right. That's right. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, with that being said, Brandon, do us proud at the PPG in Orlando. This has been the Double Pip Cast, and we'll see you guys real soon. We're out.